episode 22. Hi there, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, your host for Vox Talk. We round up the stories, the audio features, and the tips that matter to you. Vox Talk is a community podcast for voice actors, and we're proud of it. One quick programming note Vox Talk will now be released once a week, so be sure to keep subscribed and check in with us on Thursdays. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. Google is getting into video game advertising with its purchase of Adscape Media for an undisclosed amount of money. If you recall, Google bought YouTube for a whopping $1.6 billion. I trust that paints a picture for you. Adscape and the search engine giant have released a joint FAQ on Adscape's website, but are keeping most of the details under wraps. In-game advertising like virtual billboards or video walls could become the next big thing as games become more graphically intense, encouraging more impulse purchases. To learn more about this, go to tgdaily.com. Broadband and telecommunications industry pundit Om Malik posed a question on his blog this week asking if VOIP or VOIP, when you break it down that's voice over internet protocol, was an excuse for bad voice quality. Ohm took the time to compare a few services, including iChat and Skype, which yield significantly better results over the voice over internet protocol option. Now that's what Ohm says, but what do you think? To comment or read the full article, go to gigaohm.com. To conclude our news today, I'd like to direct your attention to an article that was written about Greeley native D. Bradley Baker, voice actor of 150 voices for cartoons, movies, and video games. D. shares reasons why he's in voice acting, as well as the perks of being a professional voice actor with a home recording studio. If you're a dad of young kids working from home, you'll be sure to relate to D. Bradley Baker. Go to the Tribune's website at greeleytrib.com to get to know another voice acting father in arms. And to squeeze us in just a quick addition, we've released a couple of web videos on the Voices.com video podcast. If you haven't yet seen them, go to videos.voices.com to watch them and then share them with a friend on YouTube. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Today in the biz, Julie Williams talks about marketing yourself in voiceovers, specifically with postcard marketing and email marketing. Hello, I'm Julie Williams. One of the things I'm most frequently asked is how to market yourself in voiceovers. Because let's face it, if they don't know you're there, no matter how good you are, you aren't going to be working. Here are two ways I've effectively marketed myself in voiceovers over the past 30 years. And next week, we'll talk about a third way. One, as we talked about a little a couple of weeks ago, and I wrote about in the free voiceover magazine called The V-Zine, is postcard marketing. I use postcard marketing a lot because it's inexpensive, and if you get a good design on a postcard, something to make them smile, they just might post it on their bulletin board or keep it at their desk in their cubicle. Sometimes I create and print my own postcards because I enjoy desktop publishing, but increasingly, I'm ordering postcards online. My favorite site is probably vistaprint.com, V-I-S-T-A print.com. But there are others too. If you go to the Vistaprint site, I found that if you type in vistaprint.com forward slash VIP, sometimes they have special offers that aren't on the regular site, like 100 free postcards, stuff like that. Another way to stay top of mind 
to keep in touch with your clients is via email. Now, you could email each one individually, or you could email a group, which is really so impersonal, or you could do a short newsletter. When you're sending these to clients, you definitely want them to be short, but it is a good way to keep in touch. Not long ago, I researched several newsletter sites, and the one I liked best was ConstantContact.com. And here's why. They offer a 60-day free trial, sending out unlimited newsletters in that time for up to 100 contacts. Once you go over that, if you go over 100 contacts within the first 60 days, then you're going to pay. But the fee is something like $15 a month for up to 500 contacts, and I want to say $50 a month for up to 2,500 unlimited emails. You can choose from a number of templates. It's easy to customize and you can add photos, links, and the best part is they maintain the list. So if a client chooses to opt out of your monthly or quarterly or occasional email, it's very easy for them to do. Or they can opt in on your website. If you want to see how that works, go to www.voice-overs.com and look for the yellow text saying sign up. That's how you opt in for the vzine. Now, I'm no webmaster, but I put that on my site by myself, and it was very easy to do. The emails will be custom addressed to your client, and you can really make them look attractive. I'd suggest you go to constantcontact.com and sign up for their free trial, and start with an email list of friends and family, and create an update on your life for them. Add photos and links and get practice, and then add a client list, because you can have as many lists as you want. And be sure to put me on the list, Julie at voice-overs.com because I like to keep on top of who's doing what to publish it in the monthly voiceovers.com vzine magazine. Next week, we'll talk about specialty advertising and branding. Two more ways to grow your voiceover business. Now that, folks, is one of the best marketers in the biz. Keep subscribed to the Vox Talk podcast to hear more from Julie on this topic. Thank you, Julie. Tech Talk walking you through the technological landscape. You're listening to another Defiant Digital Podcast for Voices.com. Here's your host, Adam Fox. Well, howdy, folks. And thanks, Bob. What a great introduction. You'll be hearing more from Bob in the future. Definitely. Well, folks, I had to take a hiatus there for about a week or so, uh, and I really did miss doing the segment for the show. But you know what? When illness calls... There's really not much we can do to help with that instrument. Yes, there are definitely things we can do to help try to keep ourselves healthy uh, and keep that voice and your instrument in great tune, uh, but sometimes you just have to succumb to it. Well, today I thought we'd take a little bit of a different direction. We've been talking so much technical stuff, and of course this is a Tech Talk segment, so I want to stay true to form. However, I want to discuss methodology and application. Those two things can make all the difference when it comes to applying and thinking about how you're going to apply those effects and uh, different technical tricks that we're giving you here. First off, let me say there's no wrong way to do something. Well, let me rephrase that. There's no wrong way to do something provided that the end result that you get is what the client needs and what you're happy with. What I mean by that is if you're, say, doing a dry voice recording, that's what the client asks for, you give them a dry voice recording, and as we've heard in previous podcasts and also from other segment producers, which is absolutely true, your clients are going to want something different every time, and you're going to have to kind of feel out what your clients are going to want every time you do a job for them. And if you've been doing something for a client for a long time, and they come to you because they like the way you do it and how you provide that, don't change it. I'm certainly not advocating uh, uh, trying to change up the way that you do your business with clients. You don't want to, you know, 
mess with those uh, stable relationships. However, if you're not locked into a particular way of doing things with a client, uh, that is to say, if they don't have a particular thing that they want done, a particular set of presets or a particular modeled sound that they're looking for, and conversely is the reason that they're coming to you for, um, there's really not a wrong way to do something when you present it to a client. Of course, to reiterate my first statement, that is, there's no wrong way to do it if they're getting what they want and you're being able to be happy with the result. When you submit a dry voiceover spot to a client and they're going to take that spot and put it into, you know, the rest of the ambient sounds and the background music and all that other kind of stuff to make the whole spot whole, yes, it can definitely have an effect on how your voice is going to sound when they get done with all of their processing. But part of that processing that they're doing is they're kind of sweetening your voice up a little bit. They're trying to take your voice and really literally blend it in. They put it in with all the other tracks, but they're actually... Um, let's use a metaphor, like spreading butter on toast. You're putting the butter on the toast, but you're spreading it in to kind of evenly distribute it all throughout the toast so that the toast has butter all over the top of it, or jam if you're a jam person. And so what they're doing with your voice is they're taking that voice and they're putting it into their mix and they're trying to blend that in. They're trying to spread that voice over the whole rest of the uh, spot and make sure that it stands out and the message gets across, but that it's evenly mixed and that nothing is uh, jagged. There's no jagged edges there. It's nice and smooth in the spot. Now there's a lot of clients that like me to put just a smidgen of reverb on my voice and when I give it to them that way it, they just they like the way that it just kind of smooths out the edges and allows them to drop that in and it j just kind of gives it just a little bit of life. I mean you wouldn't even really necessarily be able to tell the difference unless you were A-B-ing these two things side by side with dry voiceover next to it and you would definitely be able to tell the difference then if you were really listening closely but you know just a tiny little smidgen has a tendency to liven up your voice a little bit. And if a client is asking for dry voiceover with no effects and they're being very specific about that, that's what you give them because you know this is a client service business and you want to give the client exactly what they want. But I find from a production standpoint, when I'm putting these spots together, what's the first thing I do? I generally throw a little reverb on my voice. It has a tendency to just kind of liven it up and it really sets it apart from the other tracks that are going on in the mix. So that's just a little tip. I wanted to start taking these next couple of segments and start getting some feedback from all of you out there on methodology. Let's hear your methodology. How do you put something together? Does what you do differ from someone else? And are you getting the same results? That's a great question. You can always hit me at the website at adamfox.voices.com or at my website at defiantdigital.com. Keep those questions coming, people. I really love them, and I can't wait to hear from you, and we'll get some of those questions answered on the air. Let's hear how you do what you do. Till next time. Bye for now. I'd like to welcome a healthy Adam Fox back to Tech Talk. What a wonderful surprise to have Bob Oakman in there too. If you liked Adam's new intro, let him know. I'm really impressed, guys. That was cool. Voxbox, answering your voiceover questions. Today in the Vox Box, we'll hit on the touchy subject of union versus non-union. We took an informal poll on the issue at Vox Daily, asking you to come forward with your pros and cons for the union or thoughts on being non-union. This blog post was pretty popular, as you can imagine. With far too many lively and passionate comments to include here, I'd like to invite you to read them for yourself. And if you haven't already weighed in, you can still do so by googling union versus non-union. So that's it for today's show. We'd really love to hear from you. 
Let us know what you think of the podcast, what it means to you, and if you've been waiting to send something in, I want to encourage you to become an active part of this community podcast. You can email your audio comments to media at voices.com. Remember, Vox Talk is what you make of it, so be sure that you're giving even just a little bit back of what this podcast gives to you. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. See you next Thursday.